And we are live. We are live. We are live. Back for the Wednesday episode of the True Christian Ministry Podcast, TCM, whatever you want to call it. Myself, Michael Pagano, with my boy JD over here, our South African brother. What's up, JD? Good to see you. Good to see you, brother. Always good to be here. It's uh, it's. It, I love the feeling of sitting in the same room with you. You know, it's not the same as TikTok where I scroll past and I see you live and I'm like, how dare this guy go into the room without me? <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Good to see everybody in the chats. We're continuing with First Peter. God is good. And can Amen. I just say, to those of you who haven't subscribed or haven't shared the YouTube yet, the Bible reading is amazing. It's amazing. So, yeah, Mike and I are going to get into that. And uh, yeah. we might we might drop a few yeah. bigger bombs. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. And we definitely have, we're excited about it. We're having fun doing it, which is really, uh, like I told y'all, this is a blessing for me and JD as well to just be able to yeah. read the Bible together, right? Um, and, you know, I find something funny and and, and little, before we dive into First Peter, um, I find it kind of funny when people try to be like, all you Christians don't believe the same things. You guys don't believe anything that's the same. However, the people that I meet that I end up recognizing, like I recognize their spirit. Justin, I met him. I'm like, that's my guy. JD, I met him. I said, that's my guy. I meet these people and all I know that we share is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that he died and rose for our sins. But then I walk with them and then things come up and it's like, yeah, I believe that too. And it's like, oh, we're me too. Oh, we're me too. Dang, we haven't, we haven't found something yet where we don't agree on. Different countries, brothers in Australia. All in Africa and, and, and all over the country, the United States. And it's like, I get people say all these Christians believe different things. But for some reason, when I meet my fellow Holy Spirit and dwell believing brothers, we don't come across things that we differ on. Maybe yeah. it's because we also understand what matters too, because we don't talk about some of the stuff a lot of y'all disagree about because some things, things don't matter. Like people argue about eschatology all the, all the time. Both JD and myself both agree he's coming back. And he won. <laughs> yeah, like that's there's certain line. things that you know, but I, I just I just find that funny because there's these false doctrines that exist that don't exist even outside of some states. <laughs> but the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and the doctrines of the church that that we believe exist all over the world, and it's because the Holy Spirit leads His children uh, down the correct path. And, and that's what I truly believe. But yeah, guys, I'm excited to have y'all back. As y'all can tell, I probably don't have a lot of energy right now. I need JD to feed me. But we are diving into First Peter. As always, we got people over on TikTok. In fact, we got 175 over on TikTok watching. As always, you guys cannot comment. You can't see JD. You can't see the Bible on screen. So if you want to be able to participate fully in the live stream and be able to really engage in the conversation and what's going on on screen, you got to come over to YouTube. Link is in the bio. You can click the little YouTube logo next to my picture or uh, on the beacons. For everybody watching on YouTube, we appreciate you being here. And then also anybody listening on Spotify after or watching the uh, the live cast, uh, the pre-recorded live cast, whatever it's called after this, we appreciate you guys as well. And uh, just please make sure you guys are hitting that like button, that share button. That's all we ask of you. We're not asking you to sow a seed or nothing like that. Just, just hit that share button and hit that subscribe button. If this is not your first week here, if this is week two minimum and you haven't hit subscribe, we got to throw hands like, cause yeah. that's messed up. <laughs> if you came back a second time and you haven't hit subscribe, I'm upset about it, but no, uh, yeah. we love you guys. We are getting back into first Peter. Oh man. 
we we covered the first two chapters. Let me pull it up on screen. As always, we're gonna have the ESV and the KJV up. And it's loading. It's loading. There it goes. It's there. there. You know, sometimes it likes to work with me. First Peter <laughs> chapter three. So first Peter chapter two ended with, uh, you know, Peter saying you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, reminding us of our value, talking about also suffering for Christ. Right. Um, he talks about keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, telling us about our walk in this world should reflect the light of Christ. Keep our conduct honorable, telling us to submit to people over us and, and, and not pay back evil with evil, but rather pay back evil with love. And then right before the chapter ends, he touches on, um, let's see where, where it was at. He talks about servants, obey your masters. And in some translations, you might see slaves. In fact, I don't know which translations, though, because both in the KJV and in First Peter, it says servants. It says, be subject to your master. It talks about not getting punished for your own sins. And then the chapter ends. But really, the chapter doesn't really end. This is, we add chapters 1,500 years later. If you're new here, you might not know that. Everybody that's been hanging out with us by now, they've probably heard us repeat this a million times. Because it's important to understand, they didn't, Peter didn't stop writing and be like, okay, I'm going to take a break. Then I'll hop on the next letter. No, this is... Think about it like another page. The letter just you just fold on the page on the letter. That's all you're doing. He's still writing, and he's about to dive yeah. into some more areas where our conduct needs to be represented. Our, our conduct in Christ needs to be represented. Yeah, and just just to like the Mike mentioned the slave thing. Um, when we look at the Greek word there, it's doulos, um, and the Greek word doulos can be translated to slave, servant, or bond servant. And in the Greek, it all means one and the same thing. So this is where people get tripped up. No, here it says slaves, but there it says servant. Why is there a contradiction? Why is it different? No, Paul, Paul refers to himself as a slave to Christ in one, in one part. In another part, he says he's a servant of Christ. Uh, he's in his bonds for the gospel. Ultimately, that's what we all are. We're all slaves. Um, we're all slaves for the gospel's sake. Well, Paul makes it also clear. Yeah, like you said, we're either slaves to sin or we're slaves to righteousness. You don't, there's no in between. People want to, uh, you know, I saw an awesome image and I think I shared it. I can't remember, but the three crosses, Jesus and the two thieves, and, and it has, and he said, you're either on this cross or that cross. There's no in between because that's Jesus. And I thought that was that. Ooh. That just the, this is just the imagery there of like there's no in between on that. Jesus is in between. You either on this side of him or this side of him. You either yeah. believe or you don't believe. And, and I and I love that. There's you're either slave to sin or slave to righteousness. You belong to one. People want to belong to themselves, and this is the pushback we see from non-believers. Is I I get why we say the word free will, JD. I, I get why we say it, right? We all like, no, I can lift this bottle if I want. And I can, I can put this bottle down. Like it's this, nobody wants to be controlled, right? Nobody wants to be, uh, you know, confined with their arms. They can't move it. We don't be, want to be locked in a cell. And it's almost like we rebel against God sometimes, even as believers. Because I run across believers that'll say, what are you saying? We can't lose salvation. I can freely walk away if I wanted to. And it's like, do you hear yourself? Because if you're yeah. a true believer, there's only two options, death and life. Are you saying I can freely choose death if I want to? What? Like, what? Are you so stubborn about your freedom that you want to freely choose death? Like, it, it's 
it's confusing to me. Like the, there's this sense of, I want God, but I don't want to admit that he owns me. Like I could walk away if I want to. I can't. Congratulations. High five, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. walking away from him. He gives life over. There's no oxygen. He has to throw me away. I'm not walking away. Like he would have to literally push me away. And we know he won't do that because he counts no sin. So that's where they try and get it. Well, we will. You can walk away. No, that don't make no sense. That's like you can force yourself to be underwater with no oxygen. Your body's naturally going to jump up for air. I'm naturally running back to God. I don't know about you. So, yeah, but yeah, like I said, Amen. we Amen. have free will, but at the same time, we are not free to do. We can't exist self. We cannot exist on our own. We need God, right? If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't exist. The only being that has the true freedom to just exist and not have to obey or nothing, just exist on his own, is God. The yeah. only reason you're even here is because God gave you the breath. Your freedom is to die. You want freedom? Go die. Because the breath you're going to take from him tomorrow is his. The only freedom yeah. you have is to die. You have to survive off of a gift. My bad. I was on my soapbox, guys. I'm going to go ahead and, and let us actually get into <laughs> First Peter. Preacher Mike, street preacher. See, Justin and me need to go out to the streets. I get I get built up and <laughs> yeah, go man. out to the streets, bro. <laughs> Giving that message. All right. Well, I did all that talking, so I'll let you start off with chapter three, verse one, with the KJV. I mean, yeah, we see this is this is one of those those subjects that are often discussed um, within you know Christian communities. Yeah, yeah. Peter breaks it down. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. That if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. What? Absolute power right there. While they, and that's that's pretty self-explanatory. If, if, if anyone doesn't understand that, then drop a message in the chat. While they behold your chest conversation coupled with fear. Again, there we see how, how should our speech be? Look at, look at how the ESV puts it. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, this is how we are to act, how our wives are to act. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating of hair and the wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. So here again, Peter puts emphasis on the fact that the appearance means nothing. Confirming what we see in 2 Samuel, God looks at the inward parts of the man doesn't care about what you look like on the outside, what you wear and what you don't wear. This is about how you conduct yourself. You obviously, we, we take a lot of flack, Mike and I, for, for, for addressing the fruits and addressing how people conduct themselves online. We take a, well, they, well, you're saying they're not safe. No, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying these people are not safe. We're saying they need to check themselves. And, and again, work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Everything we say, all of our speech, should be, we should be mindful of our speech because God is with us. Jesus Christ is present with us. And then he goes on to say, but let it be the hidden man, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God um, of great Price. So there we see he concludes and delivers what he said in the first three verses there. Everything we do should come out. Where, where else do we see this in scripture? We see 
that what's actually going on in the guy's heart, uh, in, in any one of our hearts, that will come out of your mouth. Um, so you need to check, you need to constantly check yourself. If you've fallen into a season of bitterness or resentment towards anyone else, it will start spewing out towards those who you actually love. So be mindful to why we are told to forgive 70 times seven, constantly forgive those, constantly pray for those who mock and scoff. This is something I've, 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 I've learned in, in my walk with God is that holding on to things will create a, a splinter in your heart, which will ooze poison out your mouth. So just be mindful of that. Amen. I see. Saw someone asked about verse one and about the confusion there. So if we just go back and look at it, it says, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. And if, you, if you're wondering what this is kind of emphasizing is that it's the same thing about our walk in the world, right? Uh, the light that shines from us, it, it, it preaches the gospel. And we talk about this all the time on this podcast. Likewise, it's telling the wives, if your husband is falling short, if he's not obeying the word, your light that shines in you being that godly wife may win him back, may win him to be a man that he's meant to be, the man that the word of God tells him to be, the man that God commands him to be. And, and it's just like it's, a, it's our job to love our wives as Christ loves the church, which means if she's in rebellion, we still love her because we were in rebellion when Christ died for us. And the wives are being called to do a similar sense towards us and help us keep us aligned. Because at the end of the day, we're all sinners. And what people fail to realize about a marriage is it's two sinners getting married. Like, I think we forget that. It's two sinners that have flesh getting married. Neither of them are going to be on the same page. So when one is falling short, when the other one holds that light, it brings the other one back because the light guides you in the dark. But if you're dark and I'm dark, we get lost. But if my wife is shining that light and I allow darkness in my life, she guides me through that. Likewise, yeah. as a man, it's my job to be that light. But as Eve was made to be the helper, you are not made to be behind the man or in front of the man, but by his side so that when he is coming up short, you are there to guide him. And we see that Amen. right here. When he sees your respectful and pure conduct. And then I know that some people get caught up on verse three, like, wait a minute, I can't braid my hair. I can't put on no gold jewelry. Pay attention to what, what Peter's saying. Also pay attention yeah. to the context. In this day, the women of their culture didn't do all the excessive stuff, right? That was actually the pagan cultures that did that. If you ever look at what a woman in, in that culture of Judaism would have looked like, that would have been standing out. In your culture, braided hair does not stand out. You're not it's not eccentric. It's not it's not extra in our culture. Yeah. Now, yeah, could could the argument be made to stay away from some things in our culture? Like not, not, we're not talking about salvation related, but like the crazy colored hair and sh half shaved head. That's between you and the Lord, because we are called to not go into certain ways and look different than the world. Right. Just throwing it out there again, that's between you and the Lord. I'm not about to tell you what you have to do. I'd rather you take that to the Lord, but no, it's not just braiding the hair and it's about setting yourself apart and not being a part of the world, right? That's that's the main goal that we see. 
because the people of the world were doing that to show their money. Like, look at me, I'm wealthy, this, this, and that. And he's saying, well, God knows who you are by your, and I love what it says here in the ESV, at least it says, uh, where's it at? But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Ladies, I want you, it's for you. I want you to hear this. First of all, it says it's the imperishable beauty. Women all know that beauty on the outside will perish. Your skin going to get wrinkly. Gravity going to affect you in certain parts of your body. And you eat food a lot like we all eat food and eventually metabolism slow down. We all going to get it. We get the dad guts. Men get it a little earlier. But you know what the imperishable beauty is? The one that's inside. That ain't going nowhere. You could be 95 years old and that beauty will still yeah. let up the room. And then he says the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. It's a gentle, it's a quiet spirit. It's a loving and, and honoring. It's just, I love that right there. So just want to throw it out there. Let's go to the next. And then pay attention, which in God's sight is very precious. I don't know about y'all, but if God told me something that I can do that's precious to him, I'm just saying, I'm trying to be precious to God. Why God ain't give me nothing to be precious about? Amen, man. Absolutely. And again, just to touch on that again, the the what we wear and what we do, where there was always a separation. And we'll get when we get through the when we, we get through the Levitical laws, we'll see this as well. You know, where women weren't allowed to wear pants. Today, lots of women wear pants. So we we will dive into <laughs> why certain things are applicable and certain things aren't. There is a there is a reason why, you know things are the way they are. We are called to be separate. What, what separates us from the world today is the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, as Mark already said. We are lights on top of a hill, bottom line. <clears throat> what am I missing in the chat here? What's going on? <laughs> Somebody wanted you to do your sound clip again, a win is a win, but I don't know when going to come. Um, and Rhonda said she rebukes gravity and wrinkles in Jesus' name. All right, so... Verse five, verse five. You want to keep going? You want to rock it out with the KJV some more? Okay, for sure. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. There is confirming what he just said. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. I mean, and there we go. The the ESV is, again, we'll jump to verse 6 in the ESV where it says, As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So more of the cultural context. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now, that's a big one. That's a big one. Verse 7 is a big one. So what, what is Peter saying? That God doesn't answer your prayer? Um, he's, he's definitely saying that God will be busy chastising those who, whose marriage needs work. You know, if, if we, and we see this all the time, especially, you know, if, you, if you're a part of a church, if you've, if you've been to it, you know, involved in a church, you see those, those marriages that struggle because they can't get this thing right. 
The husband is not providing the sacrificial love. He is not respecting his wife. He's not honoring his wife. And likewise, the wife forever wants to trump whatever the man says. She's trying to be the ruling authority. This is what we see with the feminist movement. They want to rule the roost of everything. There is no such thing as subjection. Um, there is no such thing as submitting. It's just straight up, we can do everything you can do, and therefore we we will be our own authority. And, and again, we are not saying women are not capable of being CEOs and running multi-million dollar companies. That's not what we're saying. What we are saying, if any of those CEOs are married, <laughs> they still submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. This is what, what Peter is saying here. Finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion of one another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And again, the ESV says, having a humble mind, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. I mean, oh. There's a lot to unpack there. I don't know if you want to get into that for a minute. Yeah, I wanted to go back to verse seven real quick, just because I want I want people to understand what's being said here, because some people pick up on the hard language and they think that this is, you know, they, they focus on that. Right. So likewise, husbands live with your wives in the under in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. And, and some people want to jump right to that weaker vessel and get offended as if that's not a fact, right? We're, if we're talking about strength wise, it, it's we were made in a less fragile way. We were made to be hard headed dummies that can run out there and fight the bear. Like that's hunter gatherer, right? But pay attention. It's telling the husbands to live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. This is telling me I have to recognize that and not utilize my strength over her, not hold yeah. her in subjugation. You notice how he tells women submit, and then he turns to the husband and says, she's the weaker one, right? So she's submitting. You better honor her as such. People always think that this is somehow uh, people. It's always outside of the Christian faith or someone who just got there and they want to talk about, well, Christianity is a is a, a religion that doesn't respect women. No, that's the opposite. We respect women. We want to take care of women. We want to lead them. Yeah. We want to be there for them as God told us to do so. And if you actually read these words, he's telling men, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to her as the weaker vessel. And he's strongly implying what he just spoke about so you could literally say showing honor to her as she submits to you because i mean that's what she's doing so your job is to honor her and respect her and guide her and then he mentions very clearly since you are uh they are your heirs with you because in christ galatians three twenty six, there are, is neither male nor female this is yeah, just yeah. temporarily like let's be very clearly the roles that we play are temporarily in heaven there is no I don't want to I don't want to speak out, out of my ability to speak, but we know there's no marriage in heaven, right? Jesus makes that very clear. There is no marriage. And then Jesus says in Christ, there's no male, no female, no gender, no race, no nothing, right? Now I'm not sitting here saying we get up there and we're like missing stuff. I don't know. I can't speak to that accord, but I know that there's no need for sex in heaven because there's no uh uh population. I mean, we're not populating, we're not married, right? So our wives will be our sisters in Christ in heaven. Like that's my 
that we're still together. We're co-heirs. I'm trying to word it properly so people don't take it the wrong way. But I want yeah. you to understand that. You have a job temporarily to guide your family and your children. And even in eternity, your children aren't your children in heaven. They will, You know who their father will be in heaven? I think you know. You are a temporary manager of them in an, in the temporal. In eternity, age doesn't matter. Well, you, mm-hmm. If you have 10 years on someone in 50,000 years, I don't think it matters. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to throw it out there. You are co-heirs. And then so that your prayers may not be hindered. I think JD hit that out the park when he said it. The fact that if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing in the house, men, don't expect God to be blessing you anywhere else. And you can't blame it on ministry or nothing because your first ministry is your household. Amen. Your first ministry is your wife and your children. And, and, and that's something I've had, to, I've had to learn and I'm, and I have to deal with JD probably has to deal with it as men in ministry. We understand it's not easy, but don't ever let it consume you to the point where you put them on the back burner because God's not about to pick your side against hers. Even if you're like, but God, I'm doing what you asked me to do. Like that ain't what I asked you to do. Cause if we read the Bible, I asked you to take care of your wife and your children. You assume that I wanted you to go do the next thing. You ain't ready for that. Yeah. And that that and that's that's where we we so often we want to we want to run before we can walk and we want to walk before we can crawl and that's that's human nature we want everything now that and we live in an age where this is even more prominent than it's ever been before instant gratification is at your fingertips if you want information you can get it now you can hit google you can get it right now 30 40 years ago you had to walk to the library you had to open up a dictionary you had to go and do a physical search for the information you wanted to do. Like school projects for us were, were completely different than they are today. Kid can just pull up anything he needs, all the information he needs um, within seconds. Um, we didn't have that. So as much as this is a blessing to us uh, who are preaching the gospel and we've got software like Logos and we can quickly do cross-references while on the road and we can search up something we were looking for, um, it's also a massive curse because it, it's used for for the wrong reasons um, more than it is for the right reasons. God will always work out all things to the good of those who love him. That's what we see yeah. in Romans chapter 8. But with that being said, you there is a certain level of, of responsibility on, on the godly man. And this is why I say you can't, no man truly loves a woman until he's in Christ because when we understand that sacrificial love, like we, we, I mean, you all laughed at the video the other day where, where Mike commented on his own wife's video, <laughs> you know, about the, the beauty and someone immediately, you know, assumed he was a married man going after another woman. I mean, this is, this is the world we live in. When you're a Christian man, the world can't wait to throw a stone at you. Any way you look, you look left instead of right. Look there. He's not a Christian. He just he just cussed. He's not a Christian. He just did that. This is how quick the world is to shift the blame, shift the blame. If you really are a Christian, then this and that. This is how we know the marriage. The marriage is one of the the strongest tells a, a godly marriage. You can see you can start telling godly men from how they treat their wives. If, if they are not treating their wives to you know, or if they are treating their wives contrary to what the word of God says, how we are to treat our wives, there is something seriously wrong. This is why 
the Bible makes it very clear that a pastor and an elder must be married because this tells you the kind of man you're dealing with because before someone is ready to lead a congregation, if they can't lead a household, what are they doing? And this is why it's so important. And I know that there's these new age Christians. I see them all the time. Why can't I be a pastor if I'm not married? There's reasons. And this is one of them. This is why the Bible says that you must be married and take care of your kids with proper finances, be above reproach. No one can speak ill about you. Uh, this is a specific role because you're representing something. And again, if you can't take care of your family, that's a, that's a big sign. That's a big I don't care. What, I don't care how solid you sound preaching. If you ain't taking care of your wife and your kids, bro, what does John say? How does the love of God abide in you? I'm about to just start using that line, JD. I'm about to just yeah. start. How does the love yeah, of God abide in you? Up. That should be a shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Straight up. I mean, I, I just want to digress for another second before we carry on. But I was sitting yesterday, right? And I was just going to share this because it's on my heart to share this. I was sitting yesterday and you, you often see, you see, you see people get so excited. Let's just say, for example, Taylor Swift comes to town. Um, and 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 she's she's giving away she's giving away 10 free tickets to like the golden circle 10 vip tickets that she's giving away for free and what these tickets mean what these tickets mean is is you could get to go after the show sit backstage with taylor and you can you can have conversation with her you can get to know her she can get to know you and and so we go on and got me thinking so we've got this we've got this free gift of salvation we've got this free gift of salvation that we can come to christ if we believe the gospel like that's your golden ticket that's your golden ticket and it's free of charge so what happens what happens if if you are not one of the 10 who receive that ticket you can go to this concert and you can you can stand at the door and you can go but i know all of her lyrics and i know all of her songs and i can quote her songs backwards and i've seen her and i've followed her on tour and i've done all these things they're like yes but do you have a ticket because you can't get in without the ticket and this is the same this is the same thing we see on tiktok there's a you lot sound of people Calvinistic over there, brother. Did those people get a choice of <laughs> <on> a ticket. <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing, you know, and, and the analogy and the point I'm trying to make is, is a lot messing, of people. I'm will messing stop. around before someone snips that. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, will, will be quoting scripture. They'll be quoting scripture. They'll be talking about scripture. They'll they'll claim to know Jesus. It's 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 all of these. We see this. We see a lot of people that claim they know Christ, but they haven't put their faith in Christ. They haven't believed the gospel. They haven't surrendered their lives to Christ. So it doesn't matter how many verses you can quote. It doesn't matter how well you quote them. It's it's the same principle. I can sing. I can sing and I can quote uh, Buster Arms or Ludacris. It it doesn't doesn't it doesn't make me know them. I need to interject for one second. Y'all can tell this man from South Africa because when he tries to name people you recognize, so far it's been Taylor Swift, Buster Rhymes, and Ludacris. I love you, JD. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> listen, I'm. This isn't. This isn't meant to be any type of attack or anything like that. I'm just being honest fired, with you. You know what I'm saying? Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots. <laughs> so yeah, bottom line. <laughs> 
bottom line is, is you get so many people that claim they know Christ, but they 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 then there's they'll always add something to the gospel. And now you've got it this, now you've got it that. No, all you have to do is have that, have the ticket. And and it's a free gift given by God. You know, again, we go to Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, and we see this, that if you've put your faith and your trust in Christ alone in the finished work of, the, of, of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, you are saved. And by doing, by receiving this, you immediately get a instant backstage pass to having a relationship with Christ. And the more you... How do you how do you work on this relationship? He's given you his word. You dive into his word. And, and, and honestly, this is what I'm trusting God will do with the Bible reading is that more and more people will be encouraged to sit with their Bibles, open up their Bibles and read their Bibles. Because what's happening in the world today is happening because people do not read the word of God. Amen. You know, I, I lowered the Bible for this because this is a real conversation. And I, I love to talk about it, especially because in my country, I don't know about South Africa, but over here uh, is a lot of people that Christianity is a plus one kind of religion thing. Like people don't abandon. It, 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 how do I want to put this? They are the center of their life. And then they come across Christianity and they want to bring that into their life. They want it to be part of their life. And then they start asking questions. Well, can I do this? Can I do that? They're going through their life inventorying what I can keep and what I can't. But can I be very honest with you? The gospel is not an add-on to your life. The gospel is supposed to destroy your life. When you walk away from the gospel, your life should be hanging on the cross with Jesus. It's not about how do I add this to my life? But a lot of people in America, we love our lives, bro. Hey, we let me be very honest with you. Our country, no matter what people try and say about all the messed up stuff we have going on here, because we got some messed up stuff, we could do anything. We could be comfortable. We can be spoiled. We could be, you can make money. Like there's all types of things where you could literally just rely on yourself and, and have the food you want, the comfort you want, and you could live out life lazy and die. Legit. And there's people that want to do that while having Jesus. And what they really believe is that I won't go to hell if I do this. You see, when, yeah. when we say that you're saved by believing in him, it's not just believing in a sense of, I believe that if I say this prayer, I won't go to hell. It's believing yeah. he took my place on that cross. Amen. I deserved that place on the cross. I believe Amen. that I deserve that cross. I believe that he took my place on that cross. And I believe that he is the true one, that the most high, the God almighty, right? If, some people go to a church service, and like we talked about in the last episode, there's one one verse being preached about. It's all emotions, an hour and a half song set, 20 minutes of repeating the same things, and then an altar call, and they do the music. The doom, doom, doom. Like, oh, man, your heart just feel it. Everybody around you is feeling it, and you just like, mm. then they say, if someone out there ever gave yeah. Jesus a chance, gave Jesus yeah. a shot, today is the day of salvation. Didn't even preach the gospel. Yeah, this is what they might as well be saying. If you don't want to go to hell because you love your life and you want to keep living this life right here for eternity, you want this for eternity. The way you feel today, you want for eternity. You don't want to go to hell. If you don't want that, come say this prayer. So they come up yeah. like, well, I don't want to burn in hell, so I'm going to pray. Yeah, gonna pray please, yeah. please save me from hell because I don't want to go to hell because I love me. Like that's and then and then you they get mad. When they fall away from the faith and you tell them you were never a Christian. Yeah. Like, I hate to say all this, but if you, to walk up to a atheist, yeah. 
you bring if you bring any atheist the benefits of Jesus with none of the immoral accountability, 80% of them will take it. If you come to them and just say, hey, did you know Jesus loves you? And they'd be like, I love me too. Like, did you know Jesus wants to save you for perfect for, for paradise and give you everything you ever want? They'd be like, I want that too. And if you just stop there, not many people are going to deny Jesus. That's why progressive Jesus sells like nothing. You can go door to doors with progressive Jesus. Yeah. But yeah. the truth is, you must crucify yourself. Mm. Amen. Amen. I think that's 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 where my where my brain fought it for a second. And that's the point I was trying to make is is <laughs> is ultimately it's not parroting a prayer. It's not going to church every Sunday. It's 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 not it's not being part of a home group. It's not it's not being part of this fellowship or of any other fellowship on TikTok. None of these things are relevant to your salvation. But have you put your trust in Christ? And and by saying that, have you recognized your sin? Because without recognizing that you are a sinner in need of a savior, there is no coming to Christ. You, If you don't recognize that you have sinned against a thrice holy God, it's impossible for someone to believe, believe the gospel. It is impossible for someone to believe the gospel if they don't recognize that they need the gospel. Hold How on, do you man. believe something you don't need? Scripture just popped in my head. Where is it at? Where is it at? Oh, I don't even know where it's at, but it just popped in my head and said, go there. Go do that one. That's the one. Right for what you're saying right now. Hold on. I believe it's, oh, it's 2 Corinthians. Oh, come on, you dear. I'm just making a sound so that there's, there's no, there's no 30 Listen seconds now, of silence. What does Paul say here? For godly grief, produces a repentance that leads to salvation. What did JD yeah. just say? You recognize your sin and you truly recognize it. And you truly recognize what you deserve on that cross. A godly grief consumes you. Oh my goodness, that fear. I don't deserve nothing. I can't save myself. I've reflected and I am dirty. That leads you to a repentance. Now this also proves that repentance is not grief nor is it uh, 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 remorse because it's saying a godly grief produces, produces repentance. What is repentance? A change of mind and a change of inner man. But if you don't have godly grief, you can't have a change of mind. And then he says, what is that? Leads to salvation. And then it says, Praise without Jesus. regret, pay attention. This next part's key. Without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So there are people that have worldly grief. Oh, I don't want to go to hell and and I want this. I want this world and 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 I don't want to I don't want to give, you know, I don't want to mess up this this life I have. So I'm going to pray this prayer. That ain't leading yeah. you to salvation because that's not godly grief. You're not grieved by how you've offended the almighty God. You're grieved at the idea like I'm going to go to hell. That's what you're grieved about. Yeah. The grief you should have when you come to the Lord is I've sinned against you, Lord. Yeah, that's the grief. Like it's that's about the change him. of mind. That's that's the truth of metanoia right there. That is the definition of repentance in its finest form. To and then we, we, oftentimes people have asked me, "What is repentance?" And repentance is a change of mind which leads to a change in heart, which leads to a change in action. It's 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 a threefold thing. You don't just believe the gospel and continue in the way that you were. No one comes to the knowledge of the truth in Christ and goes, 
Sweet. You know, I'm going to carry on being Jason Voorhees and, and chopping off people's heads next week. That's not what it's about. Nowhere. Nowhere does someone return to the same way because you've been saved from it. You've been saved from it. And this is the recognition we see from the thief on the cross. He recognizes that Jesus Christ is paying for something he didn't do. He's like, this man doesn't deserve this, but I do. There, there we see that godly repentance, you know, that, that, that grief that produces that godly repentance. It's, it's, it's not sorrowful towards the fact that, oh, I'm sorry because I got caught. Or I'm sorry because you saw what I did. And this is this is oftentimes what we see with people that go that get that that are on trial. Are you sorry because you got caught, or are you sorry because you truly want to make amends? And and you know one of the most beautiful stories we see is is I saw recently on 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 YouTube or TikTok. I can't remember where, but this this woman killed the guy, and 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 in the, in court, the brother of this guy actually gets up and he hugs her and he he preaches the gospel to her. And he says, this is my only desire for you is that you would be saved and that you would believe Jesus Christ died for you, was buried and rose again. He gives her the gospel. He, I mean, this brother. Is the, yeah. And this is the perfect opportunity for him to be, well, you killed my brother. Blah, blah, blah. This is his, this is his opportunity to strike back. And he says, can I give her a hug? He looks at the, you know, he looks at the judge and he's like, can I give her a hug? And, and, and you know, it's amazing about that. The judge actually gave her a Bible and got in trouble for that. After that situation, because that happened in my city. After that happened, the judge was like, can, uh, uh, called her over and gave her a Bible, and it got serious. Like people were really upset about that because people were already upset that she let him hug her. I loved it. Like, give him the man. That's one of the most powerful moments I've ever seen. Yeah. But, yeah. Amen. And, and here's a, here's another one thing I want you to I notice before we get back to First Peter. It says, "For godly grief produces a a." repentance so a single repentance that leads to salvation because as i've been trying to say on my on my tiktok page repentance is not a daily thing you have one repentance a true yeah. repentance and and yeah. people will be like, well no you hear them say repent repent yes they're saying repent they're not saying ask for forgiveness for the kingdom of god is at hand no they're saying change change your ways for the kingdom of god yeah. is at hand they're not yeah. saying, hey, ask for forgiveness every day for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. And so you don't stop. Godly grief Amen. produces a repentance that leads to salvation. Amen. Period. Yeah, we've got so many people out there thinking that you've got to walk around all day going, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, God. Constantly confess. No, you, you, yes, you are going to die with certain sins unconfessed. I'm going to tell you that right now. Because you are not even consciously aware of every single sin you commit every single day. Like, that is... That is a fact. Exactly. And the fact that, and no one's speaking against asking for forgiveness. That's the thing I keep telling people when they say, well, are you saying I don't have to ask for forgiveness? No, I'm telling you to divorce the idea of repentance and asking for forgiveness. They're not the same thing. Yeah. Ask for forgiveness daily. Have fun. But that's not repentance. Yeah. Amen. All right. All right. All right. Back to it. Uh, where are we at? Back to Verse it. 10. Verse 10, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. I think everybody on TikTok need to hear that right now. Matter of fact, you two, give mm. me a second. Everybody on mm. TikTok, Christian TikTok, you need to hear this. I'm going to talk directly to you real quick. For everyone or for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips 
from speaking deceit. We all need to hear that. Not just them and not just you. Me too. Me too. Because Amen. this is where we really fall a lot today because with, uh, of social media, because of text messages. When, when someone doesn't have to hear our voice or see our face, we can talk in certain ways that's pretty crazy. And even, even with seeing our face nowadays, because you don't got to see them. You could just record a video. You ain't got to see them. You talking, to your, you talking to your hand. It's easy to talk trash to your hand. Hey, yo, you stupid. You dumb. You're an idiot. You don't feel that. You're not looking that person in the face, but you're doing it, though. You don't realize it. Really tearing down people. And I'm obviously not talking to my viewers here in the, in the channel because I've seen you guys. You're not like that. At least I hope not. And if you mm. are. And if you are, stop. Yeah. Stop. It's just yeah. nothing about that. Because if you want, if you desire to live a good life, God does not allow his children to be disobedient. He will let you be punished. We talk about that more than, I feel like that's one of the things we repeat all the time on this podcast to remind you. He will discipline yeah. his children. Verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. So it's not just looking for it, but go get it. I want you to hear that too, internet Christians. Like I, I'm not speaking down to you. I got to keep reminding you because everybody nowadays is so worried about being corrected by someone that they're always like, you're looking down on me. No, I'm not. But seeking peace, oh man, that's all I care about. Are you pursuing it? Because seeking is the, is the act of trying to find it. Pursuing it means you got to get up and go do it. Because a lot of people got all the best advice for everybody, but I don't see a lot of people leading by example. I mean, I got an example right now. Today, JD, someone came, came over to uh, my page saying, why are there no Christians? No, they said none. No Christians on this app speaking about abortion. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Have you even looked yeah. at my page? He said, there's no Christians on this app. And I looked and he ain't got none. And I'm like, you making a gross assumption. And he's a Christian. He was like, we have to do this. We have to, brother, pump your brakes, backseat Christian. We are talking about abortion. And if you are that serious about it, go do it. Yeah. Everybody loves to tell me and yeah. JD how to preach or to me and Ju Justin how to do street preaching. Come on out and show me. I invite you. You can come out here with me right now. If I'm doing it wrong, yeah. come yeah. show me. But if you're not going to come out here and show me how to do it, I'm not going to listen to you in the back seat. No one listens to the backseat driver. Come show yeah. us. And that's not meant to be disrespectful. It's meant to be honest. Don't talk from the sideline. Come out on yeah. the field and, and then you can guide me. And if you can show me, I'm, I'm down to listen. I'm down to learn. And what cracks me up is when people say, oh, you're unteachable. And I've heard it. I know exactly. You probably know. Yeah. I've been told I'm unteachable by people who ain't in the field with me. Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the field and that's not a boast. I'm just saying, why should I be? Why do we need to be teachable if you're not in the field? And this isn't us saying, look at us. We're doing something you're not. It's saying, come out here with us. That's what I'm using yeah. this for. Come on exactly. out. It shouldn't. And we're about to get into actually a verse here that that is about apologetics. So this is rightfully so right now to talk about this because all Christians are called to apologetics. For some reason, apologist has become an office that's not described in the Bible because we're all called to be an apologist, but yet only some take up that job. That don't make no sense. You're all called to defend your faith, all of you. 
Not just, Absolutely. not just me and JD and Justin and the few people that decide to and go with Jordan and, and, and IP and all these people. No, you are too. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. And then this is this is really the verse that I wanted to get to before I stop, because there's a lot in here. But in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And there's so much in this verse happening right now. I'm not going to open up the Greek, but uh, I, I'm going to tell you what that Greek you is. That's all of us. This is not a direct. He's not speaking to one person in this letter. That's a you. That's like you, you. When I say you all, or if I look at you and I say, hey, you, and I'm talking to a 68 and 207. So he's telling you, Christian, you believer. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. That word Lord is curios, the same word we use for Yahweh in the Old Testament. I want to make that very clear. And he tells you to honor him in your hearts. And the Greek, actually, I will go to the Greek on this because it's interesting what you're about to see. So, yeah, amen, man. Amen. Yeah, JD fills in the, the my words when I do this. Okay, okay. Absolutely. But in your heart, Oh, this one, my 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 bad. Not 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 um, not holy. I mean, not honor, but the word holy. So this word holy is actually a Greek word that not only means holy, but they use it for sanctified. So this is the one time you're being told to sanctify, to treat God as sanctified, right? Usually the Bible says you're being sanctified, you're being sanctified. But right here, Peter is telling you, and the word is uh, let me see if I can pronounce it. Hagiasate, can you pronounce that, JD? Hagiasate. He he just does it better than me. That's what it really is. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me connect the dictionary so I can read it to you because I want you to understand what Peter is actually commanding you to do here. If I can get uh, my search bar, everybody is able to see TikTok. Don't see it, but y'all on YouTube see me over here fighting with it. Keep on fighting. I mean, and this is the thing, while he's looking for that, I just want to drop this. This is why when we see people, why doesn't God this? Why doesn't God that? And I've, uh, you know, a couple, like a couple months ago, I made a reply to a guy and I said, what are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing about it? Are you physically getting out in the streets, protecting the woman? Have you rallied the troops to get together and go stand outside of, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood and, and, and make your case known? What have you done about it? You're out here saying God's doing nothing about it, but he's given you the ability to do something about it, yet you're sitting quiet on the couch with your popcorn, uh, you know, being a keyboard warrior. Got a lot to say behind your phone, but where where the battle is being fought, you're missing. Like, if people are so quick to blame God for everything. If it's going bad, it's God. If it's going good, it's not God. It's like, then it's me. Bad is God's fault. If it's going good, it's my it's my own recognition. Look what I did for myself. That's that's what happens. <laughs> so I give up. My my dictionary is not working. Uh, but we can at least look at it this way, right? So that same 
Greek word being used for holy there is the one we see in John 17, 17, where Jesus asked the father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is holy in John 17, 19, when it says that they also may be sanctified. So it's the word for sanctified here. So what Peter is saying to us, as I go back here is, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord as sanctified. So he's actually telling you to sanctify your thoughts of him, of, of who he is in your heart. Understand who he is, not just, uh, uh, you know, yeah, I believe in Jesus, right? Uh, we were just talking about this. Do you know who he is? Is your heart set on him? Do you respect who he is? Do you love who he is? And then it says, always being prepared to make a defense. And again, with the Greek open, that word is apologia, apologia, right? And this is where we get apologetics from, right? Because the word for make uh, for defense, make a defense is apologia. And apologia is how we get the word apology, right? Because what we call an apology nowadays in 2023 is me saying, I'm sorry. But an apology used to be to give an account for something. So if I got caught doing something I'm not supposed to be doing, I would give an apology. Let me explain to you why I was doing it. Somehow that's evolved to just being like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. But, you know, it used to be, well, no, this is why I'm doing it. This is what, right? So what is the reason? Give the account for why you believe. And he says, make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. But notice it says who asks you, not demands. I want you to understand that because you have some atheists that will try to quote this on you if you don't want to argue. Like, nah, I'm not about to go back and forth with you. Your Bible tells you to give an account whenever you're asked. Yeah, not yeah, demand yeah. it, though. You don't get to demand us and put us on a trial. You don't get to put yeah. us up against the wall and say, answer me right now. And then, but he says, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Same thing we see Paul saying in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Meekness and fear in the KJV. I love it. I'm going to go ahead and scroll down and let you keep going while I get off camera for a second because I got to grab something. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so again, just, just before I go into verse 16, with, with that again, verse 15, having having this defense. And and here's here's a couple of a couple of good ones. Um and again, we, we see this with, with communicated knowledge and revelation knowledge. And we, we understand that we, we receive revelation knowledge from the word of God. And with with majority of, of people that, that are asking, ultimately they're just trying to trip you up, but there are those who are asking questions who are sincere because they are seeking. And to those who are sincere and seeking, there's a couple of places you can point them. Simple things that are around them that they can see. Why are our calendars today marked 2023 AD? And that is literally AD, Alter Domino, literally in the Latin, which translates the year of our Lord. So this is 2023 20, years, not after Buddha, not after Muhammad, not after Krishna. This is 2023 20, after Christ Jesus, Alta Domino, the year of our Lord. Why do even our calendars recognize the Lord Jesus Christ, but those outside in the world can't? You see, there's, this is a, a perfect example of giving a defense for the hope that's in us. See, the evidence around us is, is unparalleled. There is nothing that we have around us that we see. The oxygen we breathe, the birds chirping, the sun rising. Everything we see around us, as Paul says to us in Romans chapter 1, God has made himself, made his existence clear to all creation. 
through things visible and invisible. Um, no, Ashley, it doesn't mean after death. It literally means alter domino, the year of our Lord. And BC, before Christ. It's not, it's not B, it's not BA before Allah. It's not B BK before Krishna. It's BCE it's, now. Yeah, now they're trying, now they're trying to get clever with it, but we know, we know that the truth of the crucifixion, and this is what we point people to. We say to them, there is no account historically that is more documented and so thoroughly documented as the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Why is that? Why is that? And give them something to think about. And again, we I've mentioned this a few times, but we go to the, the law and mathematics, reduction to absurdity, reductio ad absurdum, which is the, the Latin term. And we show them how flawed their view is. Rather than them pointing fingers at the Bible, point fingers at their view and question their view. So you believe everything came out of nothing? We came from monkeys? Do you realize the, the magnitude of faith it requires to believe that you came from an ape? There's, that's like way more faith. Like I've got evidence. My Lord and Savior went to the cross, was buried and rose again. I've got evidence of this. You got you believe, nothing. You believe a man rose from the dead? Hey, man, you believe a monkey came out of a fish and became us, bro. So, I mean, let's <laughs> yeah. go down that route. <laughs> Mine just is a heart man. starting back up. Let's be honest about it. <laughs> let's just fix the, the, the order of things, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, verse 16. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, as of evil doers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Ooh, for it is better if the will of God be so that he suffer for doing for well doing than for evil doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, once, not twice, not three times, once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. There's a lot there. Yeah, I wanted, and that's I, why I scrolled up. I scrolled up because I needed this to make sure we stopped for some things. First and foremost, I I'll plan on doing I plan on doing a video about this eventually, so I don't want to get too much into it right now. However, I'm going to hint at it. There's, you know, some people that deny the fact that Christ took our place on the cross, right? There's this argument, it's penal substitution, this, this, and that, right? Catholics, for example, do not believe that Jesus took your place on the cross. Rather, he paid for sin, and then he has excess grace to give to us. And then and, and it's a lot deeper than that. Like I said, I'm going to do a video on that later. I don't want to try and confuse you now. But I just want to point out, it makes it clear here that Jesus took our place. Because it says, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. He was the just. We are the unjust. He suffered for our sins. He bore our iniquities. And then it says that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the spirit. And then we see that it goes to verse 19, and, and we need verse 20 as well, so I'll go ahead and hit that as well. By which we... By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were dis disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, 
wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. And I'll go ahead and read it in, uh, in the ESV just to get some more clarity on that. Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. And I want you to understand this. This is not Jesus giving people a second chance to be saved. I've heard people try to say that. But if you actually study and, and, and read the other scriptures that talk about this, you'll find out that it's actually Jesus going down and speaking to the fallen angels. And when it says preach to them, we can understand that he's not preaching to them, this is how you get saved. It's, it is finished. You lost. For I have done it. It is preaching to them the defeat that they have suffered alongside the, the one that they followed in rebellion. Because the father of all lies is Satan, who it has an appointed time. As we read later in, uh, in Peter's letters and in uh, Jude, there are angels that are in chains in Tartarus awaiting judgment, right? So we see that they were the disobedient ones during the time of Noah and the flood for they are in chains and disobedient. Now that whole three days, he wasn't just there preaching to them, but we also believe that he went to Sheol to rescue the captives. So we understand well, Abraham's bosom, Sheol and Abraham's bosom, uh, uh, they're next to each other, as we see in the par the, the parable of uh, Lazarus, which actually Lazarus, which really isn't a parable. It's more of a just a straight up story. But the point is, we do believe that Jesus did descend and preach to I mean, and bring home David and Abraham and all them waiting. But this is not the, the scripture to point to for that, because if you continue to read, like I said, don't just read verse 19. It's talking about the disobedient ones from the times of Noah, which would be the fallen angels. And there's more scriptures that go with that. And um, that's actually something that I might do a video on. Or when we do our, when we get to this point in our Bible series, which probably be like 50 years from now by the time we get to First Peter. Um, but no, so <laughs> those are not, this is not Jesus going and preaching like, hey, you missed this opportunity when Noah warned you. And like, if you want to believe in me now, because we know in Ecclesiastes, Solomon makes it clear, it is once appointed for a man to die, once appointed for judgment. Right? Is that Ecclesiastes? Or is that in Hebrews? The word of God, thus says the Lord, says, <laughs> it is appointed once for a man to die and once for judgment. That's why I tell you all the time that if you want to memorize scripture, don't worry about the verse numbers and stuff. As long as you know what's in there and you can go get it. If someone says, show me that, I can find it. But uh, uh, thus says the Lord. All right, JD's back. See, I killed time. I killed time good. I, I think we're going to be, I think Leviticus is a, is a book we're going to go through fairly quickly, actually, um, Mel, because, <laughs> you know, that's, there's, that's, that's pretty straightforward. Like a lot of, most of Leviticus doesn't need any explanation. It's just, that's what it was. Like Hebrews. Thank you, Kenny. You know, sometimes if I just, if it's wise, I always be like, well, it must've been Solomon because that's some wisdom right there. And then verse 21, <laughs> this is the one that, man, people, man, this is the one. Let's let's read 20 again, just so we can, the end of 20 again, so we can roll into 21. Because the form, they formerly did not obey when God's, God, God, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight persons were brought safely through 
water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. And I already know what we all want to talk about, and that is, is it not going to highlight? It's killing, killing the vibe now, Smalls. Okay, there we go. Baptism. Baptism, <laughs> which corresponds to this, now saves you. So let's go over to the Greek. That's the way I like to understand things. Let's actually read what's happening here. Yeah, this is this is so often used by those who, who, who use the baptismal regeneration as as a sound, you know, as as part of your salvation. They'll go to this again. There's one baptism that saves, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That um, you know, and it's a good thing that you've gone to the Greek because we'll see it right very clearly over here. So as you see, you have three different words for for baptism here in the Greek. Um, the one being used is this top one, a dipping, a baptism, uh, also belonging to a change of mental attitude, a sign of a change of mental attitude. So when we see this and you say, well, is it saying that the water itself saves you? This is what Mike says. Again, go to the word of God. Don't don't always, uh, you know, believe what Mike says, just as James says that our actions make our faith complete baptism does what read what peter actually literally says an appeal to god for a good conscience it's demonstrating the faith that you have to god saying god i trust you and we get baptized this is why i also made my video saying christians get baptized not to be saved but because we are saved we get into the water this is a Part of the ceremonial thing that we do. And I, I know that some Christians want to fight against that, but we do. And I can't stand when Christians are like, hey, I'm a Christian, but like I heard uh, we got to get baptized to be saved. Do I have to get baptized? Do you have to get baptized? It's not about this have to. If you follow Christ, why don't you want to? It's not yeah. about have to. Same thing. With, do I have to go to church? You don't have to go to church. But why don't you want to go to church? You don't have to do X, Y, and Z. You don't have to go out and serve your community, but you should want to go out into your community. On top of that, we have to understand that not as the removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it's not about the water. It's not about anything like that. It is all about your heart. It is all about your faith. That is what's being preached. And we yeah. find this all throughout scripture, because if it was about an actual washing, it wouldn't say not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God. And is it appeal to God, which we do all the time, don't we? Like, let's yeah. stop pretending we don't all make our appeals to God to demonstrate our faith. John says it, like I said earlier, if you have the world's goods and you don't help somebody in need, does the love of God abide in you? James says it, if you don't help your brother, then faith without works is dead. It's not that these works save you. It's that these works are part of the pipeline of faith. And as we read in Galatians, faith works through love. Faith works through love. So everyone, every Christian that has the ability to get baptized should. 
but you don't have to to be saved. And here's the example I always use. I'm not even talking about the feet the thief on the cross. I know you all heard that. If my friend comes to Jesus today, if, if JD didn't know Jesus and I and I preached the gospel to him and, G, and JD says to me, Mike, man, I'm telling you, this has hit my heart in ways I can't imagine. I want to give my life and everything to Jesus. I say, praise the Lord, brother. When can I when, when can I baptize you, bro? But man, I'm free this weekend. All right, bet this weekend we're going to do it. If JD gets hit in a car this week and dies, he's saved. Yeah. He is saved because he put his trust and faith in Jesus. However, if you're telling me you've been a Christian for five years and you've rejected getting baptized, I want to know why. Not because the baptism is saving. What's going on in your head? Why are you so against it? Well, I don't, I don't have to do that. I don't know. Jesus didn't have to get on a cross for you. No. That's when you get back to what I started this podcast about. Some people just want whatever they need minimum to be saved. All right, so lay it out because I got my I got the football game in an hour. What do I need to be saved? Do, do I have to stop listening to my favorite music? Do I have to stop smoking weed? Do I have to stop drinking? Do I have to do I have to go to church? Do I have to get baptized? That's what people yeah. sound like they're looking for out here. Like, bro, yeah, looking looking for escapes. Yeah. And there's people that will fight against it. Baptism's not for you, Christians. How dare you say such a thing? All of the scripture confesses it. Paul, Peter, John, we get baptized because we're saved. We get in that water to demonstrate, Lord, I'm with you. I choose you, Lord. You are my savior. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah, I think so, that's that's ultimately where the the best explanation always comes with. You know, it's a, it's an outward expression of the inward change. That's that's ultimately what it comes back back to every single time. Yes, you are saved without the water, one hundred percent. You are not required to be baptized for your salvation. This is a fact. It is a fact. But the same question remains: Why not? Like, for example, you do not have to walk in love towards everybody else to be saved. You you will you will have a difficult time. You will get a lot of kickback. You will not have good relationships. You will feel isolated and alone because you are not well. But does this affect your eternal security? No, it doesn't. Again, there's many, many things in the Bible we are instructed to do that people do not do that doesn't affect their salvation. This is why it is a free gift. This is why our salvation is completely dependent on the blood of Jesus Christ and not ourselves. Because again, all have gone out of the way no one is good. No, not one. None seek after righteousness. All seek after their own. We see this written in Ecclesiastes 1 through 3. Everything the man does is for himself. We, we, can, we, can, we can play church games. We can play church games and go, who's the better Christian? Who's, but the reality is each and every single one of us has to work on the, the condition of our hearts daily. And I admire brothers and sisters on, on TikTok who can go to multiple different Christian lives who where they all are preaching a different uh, you know, view. If you can go sit in a room with Calvinists and have a conversation without getting angry, if you can go sit with 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 brothers that 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 believe this is what you know this is what's right for sanctification. And these guys believe that's what's right for sanctification. But ultimately you have your views and you can bring your views to the table. And it's not a, an argument of who's right and who's wrong, 
but you can exhibit the love that Christ has told us to exhibit towards one another. That's what he says. More so to the household of faith, more so to the household of faith. We need to remember that we are all part of one body. This is why Paul says, don't let me come back and find out that you are devouring one another and biting at one another in second Timothy. This is why, because these things have nothing to do with your salvation but everything to do with your walk in sanctification. Remember, obedience is a result of the inward change, not what saves you. We're obedient to the scriptures because we have been saved. We're not obedient to be saved. That's that's the confusion we see. So many people think that by being obedient, they're going to be somehow towering over someone else in heaven. This is not the case. This is not the case at all. You and, are and if burning you, up. No, carry and if, on, you, and if you really want to look closely at this, for anybody trying to tell you that this says you have to be water baptized to be saved, I want you to understand what Peter's really drawing here. He points to the fact that a few, which are eight persons, were brought safely through the water. So the safe passage through the water is what he's corresponding. So the water is the judgment. Okay, so he's not pointing to the fact that water, that's why he makes it clear, not as a removal of dirt from the body. It's about your inward change, because if he was really drawing a parallel, then it would be the water that saved them with Noah. But no, the ark saved them. The ark is what protected them. So he's drawing a parallel to the judgment of the water, just as the judgment of fire is coming, because the Lord came to baptize with fire and spirit. And we get baptized in the spirit. And we pass through judgment. What does Jesus say in John chapter five? Whoever believes in me does not come into judgment, but passes, passes from death to life. So we are brought safely through the judgment of the water, right? I'm using the words from Noah here. So just like Noah's people were judged, we pass through judgment. And I'll even bring that up to help you understand the parallel that I'm trying to draw here. Again, through belief, because watch how it all gets brought full circle. When I go to John 5 and I scroll down right here, it says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. That should sum up the baptism question right there, right? Jesus just said, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Not, and then also does this and then also, and then he says what? He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Now, I want you to think about what Peter just talked about. He talked about a judgment where water was what was the judgment and eight were brought safely through it. Okay, so if judgment was the water for them, we could just say Jesus is saying he does not come into the flood, but has passed from death to life. Same. You get what, you get what I'm trying to paint the picture here. So we pass through judgment. Because of our belief in Jesus. And then he says, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Saves you from what? From the judgment. And if we're painting that picture with the ark, the ark was saved from the water. So again, if someone's trying to correlate like, well, Peter said water in verse 20. So water baptism saves. No, there's yeah. so much more meat to this. Because he makes it clear, not as a removal of dirt from your body, which water baptism symbolizes cleaning you. 
right? It symbolizes cleaning you, not saving you. The original water baptism, the reason why Jesus did it is all high priests had to be baptized as a symbol of clean, being coming clean. Just like if you touch a dirty woman, if a woman and women, I don't mean a dirty woman like dirty, you know what I went, my, my, my sisters in Christ know what I mean. If it's your time of the month or if it's, you know, or, or if I've touched a dead body, any of these things, I would have to do what? Go dip myself in the water seven times, and then I had to wait a week, right? So that dipping in the water was always symbolic to cleaning. But baptism, which corresponds to this, saves you, not as a removal from dirt of the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism in the Spirit saves you because you receive the Holy Spirit, which lets you pass from death to life and skip through judgment. We get baptized in the water because our Lord did. I think we've covered that verse enough. Um, <laughs> I knew it would come up though, so might as well go there. <laughs> Again, it's 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 just a you know it's the simple thing for everybody in the chat and everybody listening. Um, if if people are going to break fellowship, if people are going to, and I've said this a million times, if people are going to break fellowship because of the disagreement on 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 water baptism, the the problem lies with them. Um, it's an inward problem. Because there, I've got brothers who, who don't believe the same way I believe when it comes to eschatology. I'm not breaking fellowship with them. Because why? We all believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He is the only way to God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one who laid down his life. He is the lamb that was slain. He took on the sins of the world. That This is what matters. If it's salvation, that's where we can't disagree. We have to disagree that Jesus Christ is the only way. And this is the problem with we, we, we touched on it earlier with progressives. They're saying there's multiple ways. Jesus was just like the one dude who like kind of set the precedent for what it means to be a good person. You know, they, they've, they've, they've sissified Jesus. And, and uh, I hate saying it like that, but that's, that's es yeah. essentially what they've done. They've, the they've, shampoo they've model Jesus. That's like, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they've made him this 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 all-inclusive, anything-goes guy. But no, we must remember that the, the Jesus Christ we see in the book of Revelation is the final judge of all humanity. And he is coming with the wrath. The same wrath yeah. that was poured out on him, he will pour out on those who have not believed. It blows my mind how many people really get this, this, this passive, uh, progressive, hippie version of Jesus. I had someone, someone, an, a non-believer said something like he's dead, right? And I made that video earlier about how Jesus got back up. And then I pointed out how that's like the biggest flex ever, in my opinion. If someone kills you and you stand back up, like what kind of flex is that? And some Christian had the nerve to say to me, if you think that that was a flex, then you don't know Jesus. <laughs> what? Maybe... <laughs> Because he's humble, right? He, I, I think he said something about Jesus wouldn't flex or something, right? Maybe you understand that the humble servant Jesus died on the cross, but who rose was the king Jesus, the king that will return with a sword. Let us remember that very clearly. Because Jesus ain't coming back like kumbaya, just a big Jesus in the sky. I bet some progressives think that's what the end times is, looks like. Progressives must not read the end, the, the book of Revelation. They must think Jesus just floats down on a cloud like kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. They got it. They got it. Because I don't get how them progressive Christians be reading the book of Revelation. 
<laughs> it ain't pretty. No, I mean, it is for us. <laughs> it's, it's super pretty for us. It ain't pretty for them. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, too. Since, therefore, Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human something flew in my face, for human passions, but for the will of God. That's a deep one, too. Peter's letter is beautiful. I'm going to read it one more time. Since, therefore, Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, think like Christ. Put your mind on Christ. And what is, what? imagine Christ for a second. Man, that makes me think. We all look at Christ on that stage in silence. We look at him in silence while Pilate's sitting there. We see him in silence with the high priest. We see him walking to his cross. We see him getting on the cross, but he was fully man like us, which means his mind was running. What do you mm -hmm. think going through Jesus's mind? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It is so sad that you're doing this, that, that I can't believe you would do this, but yet I am going to honor my father. You have no idea what you're doing, but I'm going to honor my father. So when you're suffering, put your mind where he was. Think about that for a second. Mm, Man, mm, imagine I mean, what's going through his mind. We see little hints of it. We're, we're like pop punches says something about truth. And he's like, I am the truth. Or he says, I, 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 I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, uh, what is the truth? Or something like that. But man, imagine what's going through his mind in that moment. Man. And then it says, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. So when you suffer in the flesh because you're denying oneself, you are gone from sin. You reject sin. And now you're centered on the will of God, which answers the question that a lot of people have. And we just talked about it literally a couple minutes ago. When you come to the Lord, if you're set on his will, you're not going to ask, can I do this? Can I do that? Amen. Am I allowed to do Amen. this? Should I do mm. this? Mm. I promise y'all, if y'all put your life on the, on the will of God and be willing to let go of anything in your life that does not fall in line with that, you won't need to ask a lot of questions. Amen, it really bro. is easy. It's it's hard because of the humility to let it go. But once you let it go, like it says here, once you've suffered in the flesh, you cease from sin. At, so as to live no longer in your flesh for human passions, but for the will of God. Amen. It's going to be a little suffering. It's going to be a little suffering. Deal with it. And then he says, yeah. for that time, for the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. Living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. Wait, did he say Gentiles or United States of America? My bad. I thought, okay. Um, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. Everybody here probably felt this before. You got those old friends. And like, yo, bro, let's go out, bro. I got a little something we can do, a little something, something. And you're like, nah, man, I'm not with that anymore. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you a clown. 
You a clown. You a, oh, you a Christian now. They, they try and peer pressure you into it, making you feel like to be a Christian means you can't have fun, which really is sad because now I meet Christians that actually think that way, that they're giving up. You know, like, you know, well, it's worth it to give up that fun stuff. That's not fun. Like, <laughs> that makes me wonder if, if you get it. Because like I don't want to do that. I don't yeah. like that's yeah, exactly. that, in fact it blows my mind. I'll go on Instagram and Facebook and old friends of mine, it'll be their birthday and they'd be like 30. I mean, I'm older now, I'm 35. So that means my friends 34, 36, right? You older now, and a birthday be in the club drinking and just showing off their bottles. And all I can think is we have been convinced in this country. That on your birthday, the proper way to celebrate is going out all night and drinking. So you go into a place with loud music, people grinding on each other, dressed provocatively, and you're drinking and getting drunk. And we've convinced ourselves that that's a birthday. That's what we do. Got to have my boys with me. Turn up. It's my birthday. Whatever happens, happens. And it's like, that's not at all fun. I don't want anything to do with that. And I hope you guys, as you walk with Christ, maybe you just came to Christ. So that does have a peak of fun. And you're just like, man, I was just one more time. But for my people, my brothers and sisters that have been walking in the Lord for a while, I don't know how you could find any joy in that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it's not yeah. unfun. You know how much fun I have going out preaching with Justin? Man, I'll be having a blast. I make mm. it fun. You go preaching with me, yeah. we finna have fun. Yeah. Amen. I mean, it just just the same thing. I mean, you go go to you go to Paul's letter in Romans Romans chapter twelve. He says the same thing. He says the exact same thing. I'm, I mean, Kenny brought it up in the chat earlier, but he says he says because Christ has done all these things, you are no longer thinking the way you were thinking. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he says, you present your bodies as a living, as a living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable yeah. service. Which oh, is no, your see. reasonable. I got to throw the KGB out on that one. I, this one, I got to go with the ESV, which is your spiritual worship. Let me see Amen. what the words are. We about to get sidetracked because now I'm interested in why the KGB <laughs> chooses that. Because I mean, that's because there's a difference there, right? Let me see where they're going at on that. Let me make sure that because I've always looked at it as worship. Latria. Oh, yeah. Latrian. That's definitely worship. I know that just from looking at it. Is the KGB manuscript the same on Romans 12? And they just decided that your service because it's our job to worship. I wonder. Yeah, well, isn't that what service is? Yeah. Service is worship. Yeah, same word. They just using it different. But that means so we don't speak in old English. So I want you all to understand when JD says that it's talking about our worship, our service to the Lord. Your your way to worship God is in truth, and in truth is giving yourself to Him in yeah, full amen. truth, in full submission. Worship. Hey, ready? I know this wasn't on the doc on the docket, but ready for this? I'm about to blow some people's minds in here. <laughs> let me lower it. Let me lower the, uh Some people were like, duh, Mike. Singing songs is not worship. Yeah, it's not. Now, before you get upset and start yelling at Mike, you can <laughs> worship in your songs. But singing songs isn't worship. What do I mean by that? Romans 8 says anyone who walks in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're not in Christ, you can't worship him. It don't matter. You could sing. A non-believer can sing every Christian song that ever was made, and not one bit of it would be considered worship. God would turn his face from it. But if you're in the spirit and you are doing what Romans 12 says, giving yourself, then everything you do 
is your worship, whether you're singing, whether you're helping, whether you're loving. The way I love my wife is a worship. The way I love JD is a worship. The way I love y'all is a worship, not to you, to him. Because if I give my all to you, my brothers and sisters, I'm worshiping him because it's for his glory. If I give my all to JD when he needs me and y'all don't know about it, so it's not for y'all. It's like, oh, my brother needs me. It's my worship to God. If my wife needs me, it's my worship to God. When I go to my job and I work hard at my job so that people have nothing negative to say about me, it is my worship. When I work hard, it is my worship. When I'm not a lazy man, it is my worship. So don't get this idea like Amen. worship is just you put a song on. I love the next Christian song with you. I'll be right there with you. Talk about at the cross. Let's go. But your worship is your life. So make a decision. Are you on the cross of the one saved or the cross of the one perishing? You're either in worship or out of worship. Yeah. There's no in between worship. You yeah. either worship in every moment because your life is dedicated or you're not worshiping. And this this just con this just confirms what Christ said to us. Those who the, his followers will worship him will no longer worship him in the temple and all of these other things, but they will worship. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> they will worship in spirit and in truth. And what is the in truth bit? The in truth bit is is we stand on every single word of God. You know, um, for those of you who have joined the Discord study with Kenny, if you haven't, join it again uh, this Saturday. He, he's going through Hebrews at the moment. But he, he goes on a little tangent with when he gets pumped up and the Holy Spirit is working. He, he says in that, that strong southern accent of his, calm down, Kenny. Calm down, Kenny. You're getting ahead of yourself. So this is this is this is what you know. When Mark gets like that, I, I think of uh, our brother Kenny. You know, calm down now. The Lord's taking over, and uh, this is exactly what it's about, man. Our worship, it's a twenty-four-seven thing. Our worship is twenty-four-seven. It's not. It's not moments. It's not an hour on a Sunday. Our worship is twenty-four-seven. Not conforming to the pattern of this world is our worship. Being transformed by the renewing of our mind daily is our worship taking every thought captive is our worship and this is again how we represent christ is is a big thing when people say what what this is a this this is a big problem we see on on tiktok especially is how people represent christ and we see people turning away or deconstructing from the faith because christ has been misrepresented they've had a sissified plastic christ who didn't do anything for them. They came to Christ because for a season, they gained friends, they gained money, they gained popularity, whatever it is, they had a season of needing Jesus to fulfill their own lusts, not the other way around. So that's what we stay and stick to all the time. Deconstructing, yeah, sad. I'm so upset right now that I'm not faster. I was looking for something. As a sound effect. Yeah. Shots fired. Get... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I was actually trying to get a new one. Oh, there it is. I was trying to get some new ones to throw into the background real quick. Because, you know, as you can tell, I, I dropped the I dropped what's known as a microphone. And everybody was was really proud of it. And they, you know, started clapping for me. And I wanted to get you <laughs> something for what you did. And I couldn't find it, but I found it. I'm a child. I know. I'm such a child. It wasn't even that good. It wasn't even that good. 
<laughs> just just ignore Mike. As he said earlier, when the podcast started, for everyone who's here for the first time, I will I will put this full disclosure. Mike did say he was tired at the beginning of this podcast and he was in, in needing energy. So I'm in I'm in that loopy stage where like you're still away. Probably shouldn't be. Although tomorrow we gotta get uh, we're, we're we're getting back into oh are we we'll talk about that off air. <laughs> yeah, we are we are we are most definitely we're gonna do like four hours tomorrow. That's what's up. <laughs> 24 hours tune in for 24, 24 hour bible, bible reading <laughs> what's the guinness yeah. world record for the longest live stream of a bible reading like six times through from genesis to revelation we just go live for like a week <laughs> literally go live for a week on tiktok get 50 million views and just read the bible for literally just 24 7 and see how many people hear the gospel man that would be some dedication get the charger get the phone tiktok probably kicked me off like bro You've been live three days. Go away. You know, nowadays, <laughs> I could then even go to sleep on the live because people gift you if you're asleep to make noises to annoy you. I just need JD to be there. And every time someone gifts me, he got to go. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> right, hey, can we be adults? Can we get back to the word of God? Jeez, come on, JD. <laughs> Where were we at? We were, uh, verse six. What are we? Verse six. Oh no, verse four. Were. Yeah. With respect yeah. to this, they are surprised when you do not join them. Oh yeah, that's what we read. In the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Notice he said, "Ready." Like Jesus, ready. It's just a matter of time. And and Peter talks about that. In, in this letter or the next letter? I think it's the next letter. He talks about that. And then he says, for this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is, well, well actually, let me go back for a second. <laughs> for this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. Notice in the Bible, God, Jesus refers to us as dead. I don't know if you know this. He says, let the dead bury the dead. He tells them that they're dead. And then right here we see Peter say, this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end Man. of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. And scroll. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And we say Again. that so much. Again. That's like one of those really popularly stated verses but i wonder if people i wonder if people understand what's being said there because i mean it's easy to just say word there. love covers the word is, sorry <laughs> the key like, word there is earnestly earnestly you could just you're gonna love one another earnestly that's the key word what 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 is earnest love what is earnest love? This is this is the this is the fact that a lot of people miss, and we we've we should do a podcast on misquoted Bible verses and Bible verses out of context at some point. But this is what a lot of people miss. 
loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. This is that love that, that Peter is talking about, that, that the way God loves us, the way Christ loves the church. This is that earnest love. Like Amen. not just lip service, but in but in action and in deed. Like Amen. if I love my brother, I'm going to show it. I'm going to live it. I'm, if I love my sister, I'm going to show it and I'm going to live it. It's not it's not just, yo, I love you. Yeah, yeah, cool, peace. It's, it's, it's the same thing uh, John talks about. Love with, with deed and truth, not just word. Amen. Amen. And then I, I, I really want to get here because people ask this question all the time. Ready? As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And listen to that one more time in case, because everybody says, do we all have tongues? As each has received a gift, a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And then he goes on to say, some speak, some serve. And did you know that? Did you know that serving the body is a gift? You could be given a gift of service. You could be given a gift of generosity. You could be given a gift of God can give you a gift that leads you to success. Gifts aren't just spiritual gifts. They're not all tongues and healing. Like people act like the only gift is tongues. And yet it says there's other gifts and we know that. But also on top of that, use it to serve one another. Is your gift serving one another or is it serving self? What are you serving? And this is why I, I get upset when people talk about this, this prayer language. If you're doing it by yourself, whatever, that's between you and God. I've said it a million times. But in public, it does nothing. Paul makes it clear it does nothing. Peter makes it clear it does nothing. We should only be doing things that serve one another. That's what our focus should be on. And because why? Because it glorifies Jesus, and which glorifies God. I don't know if Amen. Amen, bro. A I'll let you man. take over for the rest of the chapter or the section. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy if ye be reproached for the name of christ happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of god resteth upon you and their part and their part he is evil spoken of but on your part he is glorified but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters Big one there. That's what we see. So the, I remember I spoke about this the other night when I was live. I spoke about this as well. When we see when Paul, Paul and Peter, when they refer to the sufferings of persecution, this is not me at going onto every Christian live, attacking them and 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 insulting them, and then they, <laughs> you know, they are they they they're like 
block me and I'm like, I'm being persecuted for Christ. No, that's not being persecuted for Christ. That's going out looking for trouble, constantly being a busybody, diving into everybody else's conversation and trying to have my say. This is the, this is, there, there's the rebuke and there's the warning. Don't be that. Don't be running. If you see something you don't agree with and it's not people you fellowship with, guess what you can do? You can keep scrolling. You can keep scrolling. You don't even have to go back. You can just keep moving on. You don't have to intentionally get involved in every single conversation you see on TikTok. And then he goes on to say, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? So I, I wanted to stop you there. That's why I jumped the page. Because this one, we hear it all the time. They weren't even called Christians. Christians made up thing. Constantine invented it. Or, or Christians are followers of some dude. Look right here. Christian from the Greek Christianos. And let pay attention to what P Peter says. Because it is, at this time, it is a very rare word that's being used. It's how we're being described by those persecuting us. That is true, that it was given to us as an insult. Very true. But listen what he says. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed of that ignorant name, but let him glorify God in that name. So why do we hold on to that title? Because when sometimes when the enemy tries to use something against you, you take it and you own it. We see this actually in our world. Like it does happen. So, yes, Christians exist in the Bible. Amen. You should address this one, brother. I shouldn't have to ask this as a mature question, but how do you learn what your spiritual gift is? Okay, so there's a few ways to really help you with this. First and foremost, getting closer to the Lord is your first thing that you want to be doing, which you may be doing. Again, I'm, I'm, I don't know you, so I'm speaking generally for anybody listening, right? Uh, because the problem is some people seek a spiritual gift before they even know God and know what they need to be pursuing, right? So focus on that first and foremost, anyone listening, because if you try to jump straight into a gift, you're seeking a gift and not seeking the Lord. If you seek the Lord, your gift will be revealed. Now, how does it get revealed? Because the people around you will help be able to guide you as well. And this is what I always tell people. If you have a church, you should have a mentor. If you don't have a mentor, then you need to go to some mentors in that church and be like, look, I'm, I'm really just trying to get an idea of what the Lord has given me as far as a gift. And this is what I did. I said, can y'all just pay attention to me and, and let me know what you see. Now, why do I do that? Because I know that we can be biased in our own view. For example, from day one, I said, I don't want to be no pastor. Lord, don't call me to be no pastor. I ain't trying to be no pastor. I won't be a pastor, but pastoring is a gift. If I was the one to decide my own gifts, I'm not choosing pastor. <laughs> I don't want to be a pastor. However, if I'm, if I'm out in this world and people I trust as mentors say to me, Mike, we've watched you. We see the gift of pastoring. We see it in you. Then I'm going to listen to my brothers and sisters in Christ, people that I trust. That's the first yeah. thing. There's also tests you can take. Christians now put them together and they're not cheesy tests. They're just tests asking you questions about your own life to kind of give you an idea of where you lean to. Now, this test isn't going to be a guarantee that says this is your spiritual gift, but it is a good way to get an idea like, wow, you know what? I never realized it, but 
My discernment is really good. Wow, I never realized it, but I do have a lot of empathy for others, right? So it's a good way to help uh, assess yourself like a personality test. But the number one thing is be pursuing the Lord because your gifts get revealed and, and they get revealed as you serve the Lord. As Paul says in Timothy, let me go to it real quick. This verse actually might really help you uh, understand what I mean by it'll be revealed as you walk with the Lord. Is it first Amen. Timothy or second Timothy? I think it actually might be second Timothy. Yeah, my bad. I think it is second. Second. Oh, look at JD acting like he knows where I'm going. Two minds on the same page. Second Timothy, brother. Oh, here it goes. Verse six, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So what Paul is saying is obviously Paul laid his hands on Timothy when he received the Holy Spirit. So he's saying the gift you received when I laid my hands on you, but that gift he has He's telling him you have to fan that into flame. How do you fan into flame the spirit? I think you guys know this even if you don't know it. You've all been in situations where you surround yourself with brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ, and you pursue serving him. You pursue utilizing the different gifts, even if you don't have those gifts. For example, I don't have the gift of service. I'm not really great at that, but I'll do service. And when I do these things, when I'm serving my community or serving my church or, or serving with my brothers, I'm out in the street preaching, you're fanning into flame that spirit which make those gifts shine, right? So that's yeah. that's another great way to, to really identify because at the end of the day, you're basically asking us, how do you recognize your talent? Well, what would you tell a child? You recognize your talent by doing things and, and putting your focus in them and whatever really shines, that's your talent. Likewise, your spiritual gift is like a talent that God personally gives you. I can't tell you how to find that talent, but I can point you in some directions to make you do things to where you might start being like, Oh, okay, Lord, I see what you did there. Hope all that made sense. Yeah. <clears throat> Amen. Good stuff, brother. Good stuff. And then she had a follow-up question about maturity. When you are considered a new or mature Christian in Christ, being considered a mature Christian in Christ is no longer being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Like, you know, if if you are mature in Christ, this again comes to what we just read in, in 1 Peter 3. You know, being able to offer up a defense for the hope that is in you, this is a sign of maturity. If you are in God's word and you are constantly in God's word and you are growing in God's word and someone comes to you with an alternate view, you immediately can revert back to a passage in the Bible which you have gone through and go, I hear you, but no, because the word of God says this. So true maturity comes from, and this is the same as, as you know, as we grow, um, just even in life. We can only guide our kids who are still young, still learning things in life. We can only guide them because we've gone through it. So most of Christian maturity comes by going through certain events. You, you've witnessed them, you've experienced them, and then you are being matured by God. Remember that the process that we go through is God, he who started a good work, he brings it to completion. So again, as long as your faith and trust is in Christ alone, he guides those steps. Your maturity will come from Christ. And I would add too, because some people listening might be like, well, I never had these opportunities to defend my faith. 
also look at it this way. Same thing JD just said, right? The ability to defend it. Well, the the, the ability to defend your faith is, is literally synonymous with also your ability to teach it. So a mature Christian can mentor or defend, right? So are you mature? Well, here's the question. If you, could you take someone under your wing and guide them? Could you disciple someone? Right. And, and these are what we mean that. Right. So mature in the faith is that it's the adulthood. Right. Let's just be honest. When you're born again, you're a baby. Because when I was born the first time, I was a baby. And what happened when I was born the first time? I had to crawl and then I fell. Then I had to stand and then I fell. And then I had to walk and then I fell. And then I had to go to school. And like as a child, I grew up. And, and what does Paul say? When I was a child, I spoke like children do. But now I'm a man and I speak like men do. Same thing comes from our spiritual maturity. So you, and here's the crazy thing though, unlike human maturity, which is going to happen no matter what, not in all aspects, as we all know, like you're going to learn to walk eventually, right? In the spiritual realm, you could be lazy about that and stay a baby for a while. Um, side yeah. note, Ginger, I just wanted to sh give you a shout out because you came here from TikTok just to say, yes, it made sense to what I said. So the fact that you literally jumped over here just to say that, I appreciate that greatly. Thank you so much. Praise Jesus. With that being said, I've got to bounce. <laughs> oh, you're at the end of your time? Okay, real quick. Let me just run through the last verse. What is, where are we at? For it is time to, we read that part. And if righteousness is scarcely saved, what will become the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. And just want to really emphasize it before JD leaves. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will, because we talked about it earlier. Peter said, yeah. what good is it if you suffer for your own sins, right? For your own sins. I don't believe Mike was tired before the study. No, I was super tired. I'm still, I ain't got no energy. I've been up since early, but um, JD, my brother, um, I will chat with you tomorrow morning and probably I'll be discording you here in a moment when you get off. Uh, but Thank you guys so much for joining us. We still have one chapter left, and we can definitely at, throw that on Monday's podcast before we – is it one? It's one chapter, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'd be down to roll into two Peter because two Peter is solid. So I'd be down to do the end and then roll into two Peter if JD's down with that. And honestly, yeah. uh, right now with us doing the Bible series right now, coming up with podcast ideas, it might be easier to do that. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll cross yeah. that yeah. bridge as we get there. But, uh, guys, as always, we appreciate you being here. I will Thanks be jumping over to TikTok for any uh, Q&A questions about tonight and just unwinding. And JD, if you have anything for them. Yeah, God bless you all. Thanks for being here again. Check out the links. Get on the Discord. I know Kenny is going into, <clears throat> I think it's Hebrews. Yeah, we're still busy with Hebrews on, on the Discord Saturday evening, 7 p.m. Central Africa. Uh, CE, what's it? Central, Central, Central time. Yeah. We're just Central and, uh, American time, American time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, you guys have got like seven time zones as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, but regardless, we have three. Well, you're right. Actually, there's more than three because of some other stupid stuff, but go ahead. <laughs> anyway, guys, I love you all very much. Thanks for being here. Uh, 70 people on the live right now. So remember to like the podcast. Remember to share it with your friends and keep an eye for when we drop the Bible series, which is coming soon, very soon um, and, and pumped. So uh, again, God bless you all. I love you all. Grace and peace and uh, keep your eyes on Jesus. And that's all Amen. I can say.
And I just want to add one thing to what he said, just in case you're wondering, why are you guys waiting? We understand that life is crazy and we don't want there to be a week where, for example, I'll be in Egypt in October. Well, I won't be recording then. But if we have several episodes backlogged, then it's always coming and we can always play catch up to what we missed. But if we just start uploading, then if we miss a week, then you don't get a week. And we don't want that. We want consistency. So I want a handful of these episodes to go so then we can because we're dropping. Once it comes, it's coming out weekly. That's that. And it's not stopping. So that's why. Uh, and, I, and then what JD said, 70 people were in here. I think some more. So if there's not 70 likes tonight. I'm canceling the podcast. You'll never see us again. <laughs> With that being said, God bless everybody. And as always, show. go in and, peace. And, and Ginger, I said grace in peace. Grace and peace. Not rest in peace. Grace and peace. Rest in peace, everybody. <laughs> anyway, I love you all. Grace and peace. I'll see you soon.